Teresa, have we talked about meat? What? No, but I don't... How can we talk about pudding if we don't talk about meat? It's manners. your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. I just assume everybody has <laughs> turned off their ears <laughs> after that thing I just did. I thought it was funny. I'm glad. I'm glad you thought it was funny. You know, from the Pink Floyd. Yes. Oh, man. I, I know I misquoted it, but I hope I didn't misquote it so bad that like people are going to yell at me. I don't know. Hi. 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 Happy holidays. How are you? How's your holiday spirit? You know, it's getting there. Um, you know, it, it takes me personally a long time to ramp up into the holidays. I jump right in. You do. Two feet. Two giant feet first. Um, but slowly and surely, I am putting up my decorations Enjoying my lit Christmas tree, um, watching Christmas movies. Watching a lot of Christmas. That's kind of, this is what I realized last year, right? I know that this is cheesy and hokey, but if you really want to like kickstart your holiday spirit, watch a bunch of Christmas movies. It It really did work last year. Yeah, like listen, I, I know, I know what you're saying. You're sitting there going, Travis, Christmas, oh, commercial, oh, the big banks or whatever. Yeah, but also... I like to cry at Christmas movies. So, <laughs> so far I've watched, I think we've watched 26. I have not been counting. 26 individual. We have already repeated at least, I know we've repeated Muppet Christmas Carol, and I think we've repeated uh, Rudolph. And The Grinch. I've watched The Grinch We've repeated times. The Grinch as well. Um, the original, not the, not the live action. No, never. And that's all there is to Christmas, is just <laughs> the movies. Um. Oh no! Wait. Also, food. Food. See, you go out the week between Thanksgiving and December and buy a armload of Christmas cookies. Well, that's the other part of my my two part Christmas plan, uh-huh. which is part one movies, part two constant sugar rush, <laughs> never ending, never ending sugar rush, sugar rush, flow of endorphins from baked goods. It is. All cookies and Christmas here in the McElroy households. Speaking of baked goods. Uh-huh. Although, <laughs> it's almost like we were transitioning. <laughs> Not always baked. We're going to talk about Christmas pudding. Christmas pudding? Um, let me give you... It's pudding? Uh-huh. Well, so... It's not pudding. If you didn't know this, Travis and I live in the United States. What? And we do not live in in England, except in our hearts. In um, our hearts, I've I oh, just based on architecture, food, and TV shows. I think I was born. I should have been born <laughs> in the UK. But so I want to explain my understanding of pudding. Um, pudding is the name of the dessert course in a meal. So you can have. 
you have your meat, and then you have your pudding. Or pud. Pud. They do just call it pud. Uh, as I understand it, pud is the name of, so like the noun for the thing you are eating, where pudding is the course. Pud is like, you know, I've got a spoonful of pud. Honestly, I've heard what's for pud. But anyway, doesn't matter. Well, I mean, that works because sure. you can say what is the dessert we are eating? What's for pud? I think that this is a thing that, okay. And this, this is, isn't even the end. No, no, no. But what I'm going to say, just to preface it, here in the U.S., one, we have no right to criticize other people's language choices. It's true. We have the most bonkers language. But. I'm just trying to explain. Yes. This is something that I've learned uh, just from like the origins of, of English, UK English, is, for example, a good example of this is plum, right? Right. Is not plum, dried. Right. So is... plum used to be kind of a catch-all term for any dried fruit. Right. Right. So. I was like... going to say plums are not dried plums. What I mean is. Right. Prunes are dried plums. Right. But plums are not always plums. Right. Raisins and, can be plums. Right. So. And it was. I also think the same with like barley or corn. Whereas like if you hear. Oh, it's corn. So if you hear like barley corn, you know, it's like corn was another word for like grain. grain. Right. Yeah. And so when you hear pudding, it both means a specific thing and also a category of things. Yes. And pudding can also refer to a savory dish like corn pudding, steak pudding. It doesn't have to be sweet. Um, and pudding is also a type of baked dessert such as a a steamed cake. So here's what I know about it. I think they've done one on Great British Big Off, but my mental picture will always mm -hmm. be there's a scene in I think it's 1971 Albert Finney Scrooge where Bob Cratchit goes in to buy and he gets this like ball mm -hmm. in a sack tied mm -hmm. up and he talks about how expensive it is and it basically looks like kind of a chocolate colored cannonball mm -hmm. and it has a little like holly sprig on top yes and for the longest time i thought it was a big ball of chocolate oh i did not realize that it was actually like a a more like bready cakey thing it is something akin to a fruit cake but it's not a fruit but cake. But it's not a fruit this cake. This is very important because I saw a lot of people when we announced that we were doing this and I put it on Twitter. A lot of people were like, it's a fruit cake. And I saw a lot of British people were like, it is not. Not a fruit cake. <laughs> and it's not a fruit cake. I would say that a fruit cake is a, is a relative. Like muffins and cupcakes? Yeah. Well, I mean, not well, the same thing. But the idea no. of like, sure, you could very easily compare the two. But a muffin is very different from a cupcake. Sure. Yes. 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 They are they are not apples and oranges. No, but they're like oranges and uh, grapefruits. Sure, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that I wasn't confident about that, but the longer I think about it, the more confident I am. It's like oranges and grapefruits. Um. So, Christmas pudding, like you mentioned, uh, as mentioned in a Christmas Carol, um, has become a a, a staple for a lot of. Of, of British countries, uh, some of their traditions. Um, and its origins are not crystal clear. 
in the 14th century, there was a Christmas porridge called frumenty. Um, frumenty. Frumenty. That actually included beef and mutton and raisins and currants and prunes and wine and spices. That sounds a lot like what I know goes like that. Of those, most people I think would be surprised to learn. Uh, uh, the Christmas pudding contains suet, which is like beef fat. Uh, I, suet no, is, is it not? hold on. So it is, it's kind of like beef rendering. It is a specific kind of, um, I think that it's called a call. No, it's like the outside layer of fat around the kidneys. Okay. So it's not just any beef drippings, but it is beefy. It is from. It could. I mean, it could be. It can be from lamb as it well. Is from meaty, mutton. It is meaty of origin. It is. It Much is like meaty me. of origin. But it, it's always so weird because that's the thing. If someone said, "How do you like your cake?" There's some kidney coating in it. <laughs> um, and this this frumenty was actually in kind of, uh, it was more like a porridge, more like a soup um, that was eaten as a fasting meal in preparation for Christmas festivals. Okay. Um, but it was morphing at the time. And by, Into what? <laughs> and by Kill it. 1595, it was changing into what a little closer to what we think of as a plum pudding. Okay. Right, but like I said, like we said earlier, the dried fruit, um, and eggs and breadcrumbs, and more... probably dried fruits, but not actually plums. Maybe plums. Maybe plums. That's also true. We had a lot of people ask about figgy pudding, so it's. I think it's kind of the same thing. At some point, figgy yeah. pudding probably actually contained figs, mm-hmm. but it absolutely did not have to. Most figgy puddings now. Uh, if you make it, it's very much like a Christmas pudding. Got raisins in there, maybe some like uh, candied oranges, yeah. stuff like that. Um, and then, so it became really a customary Christmas dessert. It was like cemented for the Christmas season around 1650. But then, guess what happened around 1664? Was there a plague? No, the Puritans. Oh, those. Ugh. They really kind of outlawed everything fun. What about so, dancing? Yep. Music? Mm-hmm. Rich yep. food? Mm-hmm. Spicy food? Yes. F- fancy clothes? Everything. Parties? Anything fun? Games? Yes. Christmas? Yes. <gasps> um, and, they sound like real wet blankets. <laughs> and one of the reasons that they outlawed Christmas pudding specifically is because it also has an origin... In a cake called the Twelfth Cake. From Twelfth Night? Yes. Um, I know things. Look you out, know, world. You know things. You know things. Um, Is it because it's soaked in booze? Yes. And so the Twelfth Night Cake was kind of like the signal of the end of Christmas, right? So it was... Um, kind of like a last hurrah during this big Christmas celebration deal. Um, And it contained often, you know, little tokens, sometimes 
a bean, sometimes a pea, sometimes a coin. And everyone, if you got that in your piece. Oh, okay. Because we got a question about this. Yeah. This is from Aaron. Why do they put actual metal coins in them? Yeah. So if you got it, what? So if you if you got these specific things, it would mean different things, right? Oh, it's like the king cake. Yeah. Right, where you get the little baby and the king cake in Mardi Gras. Very similar. I bet if you got the coin, it was like financial prosperity. There there are a couple of different things that I found. Um, so one mentioned a bean and a pea, right? Which were king for the night and queen for the night, respectively. That's fun. We don't do stuff like that anymore. Um, we need to do fun stuff. Also here, how come America? Well, specifically the U.S. Maybe they do this in Canada or Mexico. I don't know. Or in South America. Why didn't crackers ever make it over here? Huh? And I don't mean those little crispy little... <laughs> I mean the fun Christmas crackers are you pulling the end it's a thing. What is that? Where, why don't we have those here? I don't know. But I will tell you folks at home, look into this. Masters of Malt. You can find it online. They make Christmas crackers that you open up and then there's little drams of whiskey in there. Oh, how fun. Now they won't ship them across the pond, as they say, with the crackers in it. Because they're not allowed to ship explosives, even though it's the tiniest little pop. But you can still get tubes of paper they pull open and there's whiskey inside. Check it out. I'm a big fan. They're not even a sponsor. It's just fun. America, let's do Christmas crackers. Go on. Thank you for that delicious tangent. I'm just saying. And yes, a coin could be uh, another sort of... uh, customary thing to put in there that's supposed to bring good luck and prosperity um what else there is sometimes a silver farthing sometimes it's a sixpence or a three penny um the crumbled up dollar bill (laughs) the bachelor's button um if a man found it that meant that they would be bachelor a bachelor for another year that's not good luck you know i didn't say they all had to be good luck if you're really enjoying your bachelor lifestyle, which maybe they were. Who knows? Uh, a thimble could mean the same thing for a woman. Like uh, they'll be a bachelor for the rest of the year? No, for they would be single for oh, another underwear. year. Um, and a ring could mean that you would get married in the mm. next year. So a lot of these things were, were often put in as kind of a party game inside your dessert. I like something that is both a party game and insurance that no one's going to eat too quickly. You know? Oh, no one found the thimble. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's fun for me. So then, um, I think maybe maybe this is why we don't really do it in America. Because the United States was founded as kind of a puritanical society. And so all that... it was just too much fun. Maybe. Maybe. But by 1714, King George reestablished the pud as part of the Christmas meal. Um, and he was, you know, he was pretty much known as the pudding king. So then it was pretty much the way that it is now by the Victorian times. Um, that, that sprig of holly you talked about, um, holly bushes were often planted at people's front doors for good luck. And so the holly on top was supposed to also bring good luck throughout the year. And it, sometimes is said to represent more of like an Easter thing Mm. because the holly on top is reminiscent of the crown of thorns. Um, Holly is poisonous though. Don't eat it. Don't eat the holly. You could do probably like a candy 
you know, marzipan holly on top Good. if you want, or like a candy that looks like holly. Like you could do, you do like cornflakes <laughs> and you mix it with like marshmallow fluff and green dye. Mm-hmm. And then you put little red hots on there, uh-huh. make it look just like, just like holly. Spray. And it looks like holly, but it tastes not good it's, what what i'm sorry i'm sorry you don't like a christmas tree no get out of my house oh i don't like it that's listen no one likes it <laughs> but you eat it because it's christmas uh, which might also be true of christmas pudding now i will be honest i've never had it but okay. i saw lots of mixed reviews on the twitter lots of people were like i do not like it i don't care for it um well it's covered in brandy so well, and then you set it on fire, right? Which again is made is kind of loosely tied to the idea of Jesus's love being powerful and spectacular. Uh, I don't know. It's more closely related to like a phoenix. Oh yeah, yeah, that you cook and then eat. Okay, um, but yeah. So it, uh, okay, folks at home, let us know. Do you tweet at us? Um, and you can just respond to the episode. I want to know if it's good because for a long time. I don't mean to conflate the two, but for a long time, I believed people when they said that fruitcake is not good. Fruitcake is great. There's nothing. It's very sweet. There's like candied, like, you know, cherries and stuff in it. What's not to like? I don't. Maybe there's bad versions, but there's bad versions of every food. I don't get it. Um, Now, there's a couple important things. Uh, or I guess one really important thing that you left out about making the Christmas pudding. Oh, you mean that you make it a month ahead of time? At least, at least I saw somebody, somebody tweeted us that their grandmother would make it at Christmas and then give you one to hold on to till next Christmas. Whoa. Yeah. Now I, listen, I don't know if I've talked about it on the show before, but I think I have. My issues with food safety. Yes, I know. I don't know how I feel about that. But, but I mean, I could get behind making it a month ahead of time. It's, what's Christmas without a little danger? <laughs> I mean, I guess. And here's the thing. You don't let it sit and then eat it. You let it sit and then you boil it again. You steam, steam it, it again. again. Um, and then. You eat it. You eat it. So it's not just like it sits in, in a dank dark corner for two hours and then you, or a month and then you eat it. So it does get, you know, some heat blasted again. Um, apparently you can make it like the night before or the day of even and just let it sit for a couple hours. But it is not as good mm-hmm. as uh, uh, as if you make it a month in advance. I mean, I assume that when you let it sit, the flavors kind of, you know, gel and mellow and get kind of like, I don't been- know. Chewy. I've been led to believe that it is also to like form kind of a a crust of skin on it, oh, so that it maintains its shape and mm. like has a little bit of a, a a skin to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. Saying that you want your cake to get a skin on it, I don't know how I feel about it. But now I'm really curious. I want to try this. Okay. I do want to try. I bet we can find a Christmas pudding somewhere here in Cincinnati. Quick oh. to the macro movie. <laughs> Okay, but first, we'll do some thank you notes, and then we'll come back, and we'll answer some questions, and I'm going to talk a little bit more uh, about a, a very famous Christmas carol, but we'll be back. This week, we want to say thank you to Quip for sponsoring. Quip, it's fun to say, it's fun to use. What does it do? It brushes your teeth. 
Okay, bye. Well, you brush your teeth. They oh, no. provide the yes. means for you to brush your teeth. Okay, here's what it is. You know, I'm sure this has happened to everybody. This happened to me for a long time. Where you sit there and think, I should really get into electric toothbrushes. Uh, but I don't know. There's such a, a cost, upfront cost with it. And then what happens if it breaks? You know, it's so expensive. Well, here's the thing. Quip is the solution to all your problems. It's a new electric toothbrush with ultra slim design. And it's a fraction of the cost of bigger, bulkier electric toothbrushes. It comes with a mount that goes right on your mirror. I'm looking at mine right now in my bathroom. And it also offers a subscription plan where you can get new brush heads every three months, like your dentist recommends, and none of us do. And that's for just $5, including free shipping. So it's an electric toothbrush. It starts at just $25. And they sent us some toothpaste to go with it, too. I really like the toothpaste. The toothpaste is great. It's really great. And you can go to getquip.com. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash schmanners. And you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S. Getquip.com slash schmanners. We also want to say thank you this week to Tracker. I don't know about y'all, but I have a really bad tendency of setting things down without thinking about it. Like I'll be walking through the house, I'll sit down my wallet, and then I can't remember sit sitting down my wallet. I have no idea where it is. Well, if you have that same problem, you should look into Tracker. Basically, with Tracker Pixel, it's the lightest Bluetooth tracking device on the market, and you'll never worry about losing things again. When you replace, when you misplace an item that has Tracker Pixel attached, just use your smartphone, and a 90 decibel alert and powerful LED lights will help you find it in seconds. So it's not just like a treasure hunt on your phone that's like a dot in the middle of your neighborhood that doesn't help you. It actually also puts out lights and sound, making it even easier to follow. You can even locate items that are miles away because Tracker uses its uh, Tracker users are part of the largest crowd locate network in the world. And with Tracker's 30-day money-back guarantee, it means you'll truly have nothing to lose. Ah! Ah. Tracker makes a great gift, and during this holiday season, save 20% off your order when you go to the Tracker. That's T H E T R A C K R dot com slash schmanners. That's thetracker.com slash schmanners for 20% off. Thetracker.com slash schmanners. I have a Jumbotron for you guys. Well, sing it. This, I'm not going to sing well, no, it. No, don't just, sing it. But that was more like. I'm just going to read it. Euphemistically? I'm, I'm going to read it. Like an analogy? Like sing Nope. You know what? Just say it. It's a commercial message. Um, and. They would like you to subscribe to their podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. What podcast, you say? I don't know. I'm not looking at the copy. My Son, the Dungeon Master. Is a podcast where uh, my friend Mike, or this this person's friend Mike. Our friend Mike. And himself are led through a D&D campaign by his 12-year-old son. So it's... Like the Adventure Zone, mm-hmm. but better, I'm except sure. it's family and kid friendly, which means there are no f bombs, but double the fart jokes. Oh, that so, sounds great! Join Durf Longbottom, Marlis the Noble, and their trusty steed Peanut the Flying Unicorn as they navigate the imagination of a twelve-year-old boy. Ah, oh, that sounds great. Okay, I'm on board. What's it called? Where's it at? Uh, it is available on iTunes or Stitcher, and it is called My Son, the Dungeon Master. 
MaxFunCon tickets are on sale now at MaxFunCon.com. Watch stand-up comedy on a mountain. Roll out of bed after a dance party to see a live podcast taping. Take classes from amazing teachers with the most supportive group of people you'll ever meet. Make a bunch of friends and eat a ton of s'mores. Come to MaxFunCon at Lake Arrowhead, California, the second weekend of June, for friendship, comedy, and creativity. Get your ticket now at MaxFunCon.com. I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. We host the podcast One Bad Mother. We're a podcast for when you have a new baby and motherhood is not what you expected it would be. We're a podcast for when you're working full time, parenting the rest of the time, and parenthood is not what you expected it would be. We're a podcast for when you decided to stay home with your kid full time, and it's not what you expected it would be. We are a podcast for when your kid does something that you didn't expect a child of yours would ever do, and you reacted in a way you never thought you would. Why would you put a hose into the mail slot and turn it on? (laughs) We are a podcast for moms, dads, parents of all kinds. We're even a podcast for people who are not yet parents or are not even sure they want to be parents. One Bad Mother. Find us on MaximumFun.org, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Um, This question comes to us from Cassidy. Who the heck eats pudding on Christmas? It's got to just be the UK, right? Do you know? Do are other countries in on this, or is it once once again? I, I think the way Cassidy has worded, worded this, it's not like pudding. Pudding. It's, it's not. not like, yeah. It's not like a pudding pack. You know what I mean? It's not like chocolate pudding. Um, and the the answer is, I think everyone eats a quote pudding on Christmas. It's a highly sugar laced time of year. Um, but a Christmas pudding is. Basically, uh, just a food that any, you know, uh, resident of the UK might take anywhere they go. So I would say that wherever there are British establishments, you might see a Christmas pudding. Uh, This question is from Isabel. How much pudding am I allowed to eat before people start thinking I'm greedy? Hmm... Well, let's think about this. So a, a traditional Christmas pudding, they just say how much pudding, right? Not how much Christmas pudding. I think let's assume Christmas pudding. Okay. Otherwise, they're just asking how many big spoonfuls of pudding can I eat? <laughs> Who knows? No, I think that. But what about like just general dessert pudding? Oh, okay. Well, let's go with that. Let's say it's not just Christmas pudding, but like dessert at Christmas. Right. Okay. Um, I think that, uh, you know, your family has a reputation for an array of desserts. Oh, I thought you were going to say for eating too much dessert, which is also <laughs> true. And I think that it is appropriate to take one or two bites worth of every dessert that's on offer. Yes. Because you want to, you know, you, you're allowed to try everything that's there. Um, I would, I would say... That um, if if you are a fan of a certain type of dessert, that you should keep your portioning to uh, one portion, you know, uh, b- while everyone has a slice. And then once people are done, go back for a second. Yeah, give don't, everybody the chance yeah, to get some. Don't just load up your plate because that's your favorite put, you know. 
Um, so it's not about how much, it's about when. Yeah. <laughs> so take your firsts and then wait until everyone's had some and then have your seconds as, as much as it is that you want, I guess. Enjoy yourself, but don't make yourself sick. But enjoy yourself. It's Christmas. Okay, let's see. This next question here is from Elixa. How on fire can I get my Christmas pudding before I start to scare my guests? Ooh, I think that uh, really the amount of fire is relative to the placement of the pudding. Because if you're doing it at the kitchen table or, you know, the table where you're serving, I would say less fire. But if you're doing it maybe outside or maybe just on the stove, a little more fire would be okay. So it's more about placement of fire. (laughs) Also, be careful. Yes. Don't lean over it. That's of course. number one. Number two, have a fire extinguisher. You should have a, an appropriate fire extinguisher in your kitchen anyways. Yes. But especially anytime you are on flambéing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. If you're smart about your placement of fire, you can make a big show of it because yeah. you're being safe about it. And maybe warn people it's coming. That might help not oh, scare them. Oh, yeah, maybe definitely. Maybe I'm just like... Maybe say like, hey everybody, I'm about to set this on fire. Check it out. Yes. Um, Lauren asks, is there a difference between regular Christmas pudding and fruitcake? I am told that yes, there is. Um, I my take on it is specifically the cooking method is different, which results in a different texture and and kind of mouth feel. Because fruitcake you actually bake, right? Right. Fruitcake is a baked cake. Um, even though it may be more bread-like in chew, uh, the way that you do a Christmas pudding is it is, is steamed or boiled. So it's cooked in water. It does end up being a little denser. It just has a different kind of chew to it, a different bite. It, it, it seems that even though it's made of relatively similar stuff, it feels and tastes completely different. And here's the thing before you're like, but it's made of the same thing. Eggs, flour, milk, butter. Almost every big thing is made out of the same thing, okay? Um, but I i also, having never had Christmas pudding and having had quite a bit of uh, fruitcake, I think fruitcake is a little syrupier, is like, not moister, that's not the word I want, but like sugarier. Okay. But I, that's my guess. Um, on that note... I have here a a traditional Christmas slash plum slash figgy pudding recipe that I wanted to kind of share. Uh, This is from NPR, uh, a a story titled, Oh, Bring Us Some Way, What is Figgy Pudding? Because I wanted to talk about the song. I think I touched on this before, but if you ever hear the song, um, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Um, And also the song, Here We Come a Wassling. But in We Wish You a Merry Christmas, and they sing, now bring us some figgy pudding, now bring us, right? We won't go until we get, that was because it was like caroling, but wassling was pretty drunk. You would offer people drinks from the wassail bowl or the wassail bowl, mm-hmm. and it was booze. It was like boozy punch. Um, and one of the reasons Christmas was outlawed here in America and Massachusetts by the Puritans is because people would get pretty rowdy and tend to, like, trash the homes of the rich whilst demanding uh, booze and money and baked goods. Um, so 
that's where that song comes from or that's the uh, i would say what that song is in relation to and it wasn't the same as caroling but it was very similar um and i saw somebody ask now like when someone sings a song i think you could offer carolers um cookies or any kind of desserts that kind of thing but i don't think it's expected the way it was when they used to wassail um but i would agree but here is the the recipe so here's what you need nine ounces of brown sugar nine ounces of suet which as we said is that fat that surrounds the kidneys or i would say it says here raw beef or mutton fat so i think at this point any fat you can get your hands on. There's also a uh, vegetarian suet option. Correct. Uh, 14 ounces of golden raisins, 14 ounces of raisins, 9 ounces of currants, 5 ounces chopped candied orange peel, 5 ounces plain flour, 5 ounces white or brown bread crumbs, grated zest of 1 lemon, 5 eggs beaten, 1 teaspoon ground cinnamon, 1 teaspoon mixed spice, 1 teaspoon freshly grated nutmeg, pinch of salt, one pint or half a cup of brandy. Or, sorry, one quarter pint or half a cup of brandy. Now, here's the thing. That's a lot of ingredients. Yes. Um, And this is a fairly traditional recipe. I'm sure you could find simpler ones. But this is a special occasion thing. You know what I mean? This isn't something you're making every weekend. And a lot of this stuff is... is um, you can buy specifically to what you need. So, like, the, the raisins, the currants, that kind of stuff. You can you don't have to, like, buy it in bulk. You know, you get it specifically to use for this. But like I said, it's a special occasion thing. Um, so, basically, uh, here's what you do. The directions are actually... Mm, nope, they're also complicated. Um, <laughs> place all dry ingredients into a large bowl and mix well. Stir in eggs and brandy. Grease a 2-liter slash 4-pint pudding basin then pour in the mixture. So a pudding basin is like a very specific thing for this. Um, it's a it's also known as a steam bowl. Um, and a heat-proof metal or Pyrex mixing bowl can stand in. Make sure it has a lip at the top so your string will stay in place because, step four, place a circle of baking parchment and a circle of foil over the top of the basin and tie securely with string. Step five, put the basin into a large steamer of boiling water and cover with lid. Um, if you don't have a steamer, you can use a large pot, but you want to put something at the base that keeps your uh, pudding bowl from touching the bottom because you don't want the heat uh, from the burner to bake it. You want the steam rising up from the water to bake it. Um, boil for five to six hours. Top up the water as necessary so the pot doesn't boil dry. You want to keep checking it because as water evaporates, blah, blah, blah. Allow pudding to cool. Refresh parchment, uh, parchments and foil covers and retie. Store in a cool, dry place for four to five weeks until Christmas Day, though you can get away with preparing it on Christmas Eve if you want a subpar pud. Um, <laughs> then, when you're ready, steam pudding again for one to two hours immediately before serving. Place on table, douse with brandy, and set aflame. Now, here's the thing. Do you want to talk about brandy and any time you add alcohol? Now, people will say, like, oh, it bakes away. It doesn't always. The length of time that you have to bake something before all the alcohol is out of it is way longer than you think. And I'm almost positive steaming is not going to get rid of the alcohol the same way like baking in an oven for seven hours would. So you are putting brandy in it before you steam it, and then you're pouring more on top of it. 
This is likely to be an alcoholic uh, uh, dessert. So keep that in mind before you feed it to children. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm not going to tell you your job. Just know that there's alcohol in it. It's another thing you don't want to sit there and eat a whole Christmas pudding by yourself before driving somewhere. In all things, be careful. Uh, and that's Christmas pudding. Wonderful. Are you going to make me one? Uh, Maybe. Maybe eventually. I don't know when since we're going to PodCon and then Candle Mites, but maybe I'll make one in like May. <laughs> um, speaking of, well, yeah, speaking of, I want to say, um, one, we're going to be at PodCon. Uh, NBNBAM is at least. Teresa and I will be walking around there. Don't know if we're doing a Shranners or not, but we'll at least be there. So say hi if you see us. But we're doing a My Brother, My Brother and Me, as well as a bunch of other events at PodCon. Uh, if you don't know anything about it, we are doing a podcast convention in Seattle, December 9th and 10th. It's $100 to attend the convention. And even if you're not in Seattle, or if you can't afford $100, there's another option. For $30, you can do remote attendance and watch it or listen to it. You don't have to be in Seattle. So go to podcon.com, P-O-D-C-O-N.com and check that out. Um, let's see what else. So as I said, we're doing Candle Nights. Right. Um, we're going to be doing a Schmanners there. Um, and we are also doing MBMBAM Angels this year. So if you didn't hear about this last year, uh, in Huntington, there's a list that goes out every year called Empty Stockings, um, where they publish a list of people in need and give you the, uh, the uh, opportunity to help them. And the stuff that they need is like a wheelchair, a tent because they're homeless, a warm winter jacket for a kid because they can't afford it. Um, it's It's every year my brother my brother and me listeners have basically cleaned out the entire list and we don't do much we just put it out there and let other people do it and every year we are amazed by your generosity and kind hearts um so if you are interested in participating this year you can go to mbmbamangels.com uh, and check that out uh, a couple other things. We are going to be at Sketchfest this year performing Schmanners on Sunday the 14th, January 14th. You can find out all about that if you go to bit.ly forward slash SF Schmanners. That's S-F-S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S. Um, we're working on a topic. We might have a special guest. We'll see. Um, I'm also going to be doing a couple other events at Sketchfest. If you poke around the Sketchfest website, you will find uh, the other things I'm doing. And just to keep plugging away, Schmanners is going to be on the Joko cruise this year. Um, that's in February, February 18th through the 25th, along with just a really knockout um, a guest list. You can check that out too at jococruise.com. That's J-O-C-O cruise.com. Teresa, did we pick a topic for next week? I'm looking at your face and it tells me we didn't. So a quick pause. I think I'm inspired by your caroling and wassailing talk, and I would like to talk about the etiquette of caroling. Okay, so we're going to talk about carols, and people named Carol, probably not. But um, if you have any questions, you can tweet at us at SchmannersCast. You can email us, SchmannersCast at gmail.com. Um, I also highly recommend you check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org, including all the new ones. It's a really good time. I also, uh, I just did uh, a guest spot on one of my favorite podcasts, um, Hello from the Magic Tavern. Now, just a warning, it is not safe for work. There's 
some adult language and concepts in there, but it's a super duper fun fantasy improv podcast. If you've never listened to it, it's one of my favorites. Hello from the Magic Tavern, and I got to be a guest on it. I played a mimic named Chest Trunkborn. It was super fun. Um, and while we're asking you to do things, please go on iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. It really helps us out a lot. Also, go on Facebook and you can join our fan group, Schmanners Fanners, where a lot of our fans are getting some great crowdsourced Schmanners. Um, and let's see. Also, thank you to Brent, Brental Floss Black, for the use. Well, he actually created our intro and outro and transition music. Uh, it's available as a ringtone wherever ringtones are sold. Um, what else? Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter art. Thank you to Keely Weiss Photography for our Facebook banner. And that's going to do it. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.